What does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our time on just making it through the week. Helping our children with online school, balancing our job and our family life, finding time for our spouse or our significant other. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday. Did you know that in a week there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending only 80 of those focusing on our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 10,000 Podcast. We want to bring God into your 10,000 minutes each and every week. My name is Sawyer Trapp. I'm sure you have heard my voice on the podcast. I'm our uh, associate pastor here at Rise Church Denver, and I'm joined by our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. Hey, everybody. I'm so glad you're listening today. It's been great to connect with those of you who have commented, liked our um, podcast, shared it, sent us emails. We love you guys. We're yeah. so glad that you're listening. And we even got a good question this week. So we are going to be talking about some money stuff here in just mm-hmm. a little bit. Money, 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 money. Um, money. Yes. Uh, but before we do that, we wanted to cover the question from Karen, I believe. It was from yep. Karen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this question from Karen. So, Sawyer, could you read that question that, that came up with one of our listeners? Yeah. So she writes, I've been studying Psalm 121, and I have a question for you. In verse 7, it says, The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. What does it mean that he will protect you from all harm? When I look across the world and I see the many people who are being persecuted for the name of Christ, even in Jewish history, this just doesn't seem to be true. So I thought then maybe he was talking about Jesus. But even Jesus was beaten and killed. What does this verse mean? Well, thanks, Karen, for sending in your question. If you do want to have your question answered here on the podcast, our new emails are up, so you can send those Woo-hoo. to either S Trap with two P's at AriseDenver.com or M Wolf at AriseDenver.com, and we will answer your question on the podcast like we are answering this one. So, Matt, mm-hmm. Bible says Lord's going to protect us from all harm. Yep. I don't know about you. I've experienced some harm recently, and when we look out at the world, there's a lot of harm out there. A lot of people being hurt, a lot of people being killed, beaten. What do we do? Okay. So when Sawyer and I were looking at this question, the first thing that he did was look up, hey, what's the Hebrew word there for harm? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a really good way to study the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you, you can get a free Bible app called Blue Letter Bible. Mm-hmm. And when you're on there, you can look and say, hey, what is the Hebrew word here? Or if you're in, in the New Testament, what is the Greek word here? Mm-hmm. Um, but what was that word that you looked up, Sawyer? It's ra'ah. Okay, and what does ra'ah mean? It means a lot of things. Yes. At its basic level, like if we were to try to find like the closest English direct translation, which is really hard to do with a lot of Hebrew words, mm-hmm. but roughly it just means evil. Yeah, or bad. Bad. It might yeah. not even be evil because we think of evil like something completely evil. Yeah. But the scriptures talk about God doing things that are raw, which mm-hmm. blows your mind. Whoa. But that means that God allows sometimes, he deliberately allows some difficult, hard harmful things to happen in our lives. So if we know that God does ra'ah occasionally, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's who God is. God is not evil. He's right. good. Correct. He only does what's good. But if he sometimes deliberately allows hard things to happen, how does it say here in this passage that he doesn't allow harm? Right. To make it even more difficult is if you look <laughs> before 
that verse, mm-hmm. okay? Before you look at that verse in 7, in verse 3 it says, He will not let your foot slip. Right. Whoa. So he won't even let you slip? Well, I've slipped a few times. Mm-hmm. I have slipped and fallen, hurt myself, stubbed my toe. Um, I don't think I've slipped and broken anything, but I have broken things. I have. <laughs> you have slipped. <laughs> Is that a good story? Not really. Okay. So, yeah, we'll, we'll skip it. Um, but, yeah, it's, you slip, you <laughs> fall, you break. Uh, you, you you know, I was saying, talking about how I slipped off a skateboard and had a major accident and got <laughs> scraping completely up. Like, that happens, right? Right. So, is this passage wrong? Is the Bible lying? What is Do we throw going? out religion? Do we have a faith crisis? Yeah. What, so, what is going on, Sawyer? Well, what I think is going on is a couple things. Like, before we look at any passage, we want to see what sort of context it's in. And in most of your Bibles, if you're looking at this passage, right underneath where it says Psalm 121, it says, kind of as a note, a song of ascents. Okay, what does that mean? A song of ascents. So, what it's talking about is there was this custom within Jewish culture that you would make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And while you were doing that, you would read, over the course of your journey, potentially even sing... These psalms. So starting in Psalm 21 and going and 121. Ending. Doesn't it start in Psalm 120? One, 120. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Psalm 120 and then ending with um, Psalm 134. Yeah. And over the course of these journey, there were specific parts in that journey. Whether you're starting your journey, whether you're entering the city of Jerusalem, whether you're at the steps of the temple, all these had re- specific points where you would read or sing these psalms, these these hymns, these songs as part of your pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Yep. I, I think that's right. And not all psalms have a context like that. That's true. But when Absolutely. they do, you should look at it because mm-hmm. it's important. And these ones are important. Um, if you are curious, I did a whole a devotional series yeah. right at the beginning of COVID on these psalms. Mm-hmm. There, there are 15 uh, of these psalms. I called it the journey from fear to faith. So if you go to youtube.com slash Arise Church Denver, mm-hmm. You can find these, and they are a series called Journey from Fear to Faith. If you haven't done it, I encourage you. They're very simple, about five minutes on average a day that you could take over the next 15 weeks, so about two weeks, you know. I think I did them, you know, five in a week, so it was Mm -hmm. about three weeks. Yeah. And you could go to those and and just go through those one at a day, and it will help you move from fear to faith because this uh, journey for them back in the day was difficult. People went to the temple because they wanted to offer sacrifice, mm-hmm. get right with God. You know, they lived hundreds of miles away. They would go on foot or on a mule or something. Yeah. It was it could be dangerous. There were robbers. There was, like, it specifically talks about how uh, the sun will not harm you by day. It's the Middle East. It's hot. It's desert. There's not a lot of water. There's animals, wild animals mm-hmm. that will attack you. It was a dangerous journey. So, you know, moving from fear to faith. In particular, this is a pretty famous one of the Psalms because yeah. it starts out with, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help? come from mm-hmm. my help comes from the lord the maker of heaven and earth love that yeah powerful passage and then it gets into those things he will not let you foot slip he, um, he will watch over you he will not allow the sun to harm you he will keep you from all harm so how does the context of knowing this psalm how, how does it help us figure out what that verse means yeah so because this is one of the earlier ones this is likely they're about to start their journey and they're about to set off yep and I don't know about you, but like when I'm setting off on a big journey, like when Sarah and I moved here from um, Tucson to Denver, like one of the first things we did when we got started was pray. Yep. And I do that when we're going on a road trip or when we travel, just, you know, a prayer of protection, a prayer that, you know, everything would, would, would go all right with us. And I think this is a common practice for a lot of people who um, are followers of Jesus. And 
it wasn't just something we do now. I think it was something that we, that <laughs> that uh, believers in God have done for a long time. And so I think in that context, I think we have to view and approach this psalm as a prayer. Yep. Yeah, the, I mean, the psalms in general are prayers. Right. You know, right. the genre of the scripture you read is important. Mm-hmm. Okay, the genre is important. So when you're reading a psalm, it's a song, and it's a prayer. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a combination of those things. It's a song prayer. So yeah. if it's a song prayer that you're singing at the beginning of a journey, like you said, Melissa and I do the same thing. We get in the car for a car trip, and we say a prayer. And if you're doing that, please don't close your eyes. That's okay. right. <laughs> you can pray with your eyes open uh, or, or do it before you start driving. Um, but because we don't want you to slip that way. That's, That's for right, sure. Yeah. Okay. Nobody else wants you on the road to be praying with your eyes closed. <laughs> but um, if you're going to do that, what you're doing is saying a prayer. God, protect us on this journey. Protect us from an accident. Keep us safe. What Melissa and I pray now is, God, keep these kids from throwing up in the car, right? Yeah. <laughs> Make them not cry too much on go. this this trip that we're doing. But we say those prayers, mm-hmm. and when you say those prayers, it's making a request of God. Mm-hmm. And it can also be seen as a prayer of blessing. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I noticed as I dove into this passage, if you look at it, once again in the Hebrew, when it says the Lord will keep you from all harm, it's actually an imperfect use of a verb. And it's also the same type of verb that's used in the Aaronic blessing. Okay, In Numbers chapter 6, there's this very famous prayer for, that, that Moses gave to Aaron, the, the high priest, and his sons. Hey, pray this over God's people. Pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And that, that prayer, sometimes people say that at the end of worship services. There's a beautiful song out now called The Blessing. Yeah. Chase is going to do it this Sunday. Be, make sure you're here live or online right. at 9 a.m. this Sunday. And it's a prayer of blessing. I'm praying the blessing. I'm asking God for this. So in the same way, this prayer, Psalm 121, is asking God not mm-hmm. to allow harm to come to us. That's right. This is not like an absolute promise that you will never be harmed. In fact, as Karen, you pointed out, we are promised that we will be persecuted. Mm-hmm. Jesus promised that we will be hated as Christians. Yeah. Ooh, those are great, right? <laughs> um, but but that's the reality. That's what we are promised. Mm-hmm. So does that mean like, well, what a what a bunk scripture? Like, should we just throw it out? What's what's the use of it? I think the use of it, excuse me, the use of it is to remind us about the character of God. Hmm. Remind us about who God is. That God is not someone that is far off, but that cares about what we're going through right now, that is actively working in our life, like preventing us from experiencing harm, that God acts in ways that um, that it limit the harm from us, that God is watching over us, that these are who, these statements are who God is. Now, there might be situations where we think God should be acting, or that we come across harm and you're like, well, God, are, are you there? But these are statements about the character of God, that God acts out of this, that this is who God is. Yeah. So God may deliberately allow, Mm -hmm. even deliberately allow harm to happen to us, but in the end, we know that the ultimate harm will not happen to us. That's right. Because his own son, Jesus, took the greatest harm, death itself. And if we put our faith in Jesus, we will escape that death. Mm -hmm. So there is a promise that is um, pointed to from this psalm. Mm -hmm. But in itself, this is really a great prayer. Mm-hmm. So you could take this psalm the next time you're on a journey and pray through it. There you go. You know, some people are like, hey, what, why not just use a scripture? This is a great prayer. I can pray this blessing. If you have some friends going on a difficult journey, pray this over them. And this is great. And, and 
you were asking God mm-hmm. to protect them, to keep them from harm. Yeah. So that's a great way to do it. Yeah. But what we are going to talk about today, now that we've addressed that question, once again, if you have some more, please email us, mwolf at arisedenver.com or strap at arisedenver.com. We'd mm-hmm. love to hear from you. But we're going to talk about money today because we talked about our core value on Sunday of generous living, yep. not just generous giving, though right. we like that. That's part of it. But generous yep. living is generous with our whole life. Mm-hmm. And that's why we say we gladly give our time, talents, and treasures to serve God and one another. That's right. That's what our core value is. We gladly give it. We talked a lot about how uh, not only should we have a glad attitude, but as we give, we become glad, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. But what I wanted to talk about today is just that that concept of how can we actually get to the point where we're tithing. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to get there. It is. It's challenging. I think it's especially a lot of us are like, Matt, there's no way I could tithe 10% of my income. There's no way. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Just maybe focus on how we could get to the point where we are able to do that. Mm-hmm. How do we get there, Sawyer? Well, I, I think it starts um, like each one of us has a different financial situation. And mm-hmm. you touched on this uh, briefly in your sermon about, I think it starts in our mind, mm-hmm. that it, it's, so, it's so easy, it's so it's our natural tendency to live out of this scarcity mindset, mm-hmm. to have like, we're, we never have enough funds for anything, the things that we want, we can't get, the things that we need, we maybe can't get. And no matter what your situation is, no matter which bills you pay, you can change your mind, you can change your approach, you can change your attitude. Um, there's a famous quote that says that the secret to having it all is believing that you already do. Hmm. So it's not necessarily about getting another zero in your bank account. Uh, it's not about you know having that next and greatest car or phone or whatever it is. I think it all starts with the way that we approach money. And for many of us, myself included, it's it's not something that we really like thinking about. We like to just set it on the back burner, kind of forget about it. But the reality is, if we're going to give God our whole life, if we're going to be generous, if we're going to live the life that God wants us to, then we have to approach money. We have to first approach money, but we also have to approach it with this abundance mindset that God has given us so, so much. And this is why we see over and over again that the people around the world that have so, so little yeah, just experience greater levels of joy than we could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that they're not going through huge difficulties, that they're wrestling with money and trying to figure out what their life looks like, but they so appreciate every single thing they have. What if we, as people who are <laughs> relatively in a higher socioeconomic class, who mm-hmm. have more money and are, are some of the ultimately the wealthiest people around the world, what if we started living like that, yeah. appreciating the things that we do have and maybe acknowledging that the stuff that we don't have, that that's okay. That the secret to believing that we have it all is believing that we already do. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's so good. You know, this morning in my um, scripture reading time, mm-hmm. I, I read through in Mark the story of the woman who gives, you know, a penny. Oh, the, right. The widow's mite, right. as it's often called. Because here's all these people giving lots of money, mm-hmm. and then one woman comes up and gives basically a penny, Right. And Jesus says, like, look at her, like she's the champion. In our culture, we hear the stories of, you know, the billionaires giving away uh, all sorts of money, the, right. the famous athletes giving a huge tip. I even shared a couple stories like yeah. that on Sunday because those generous stories we like. Yeah. But we often then get to the point where we think, I have to be rich to give. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. If you're listening to this, you can give. You can give. 
There's not a single person listening to this that cannot be generous. Mm-hmm. And how much you give is proportional. That's what Jesus is saying. Because he honors this woman because she gave out of her poverty. That's what he literally right. says. Right. Uh, I heard another story uh, about Mother Teresa. There was mm. a family in need in India, and she she saw that they were hungry, that they had no food. And she went to their house, brought them some food. Mm-hmm. And, and when she brought them, she asked them, like, how long have, has it been since you've eaten? And they said days. Mm-hmm. Entire family, little kids, had to eat. But she gave them food. And do you know what that woman did? She immediately took it and gave half to her neighbor because her neighbor hadn't eaten in days either. Mm. And that's one of the most incredible things. Some of the most generous people in the world will never have a news story about them. They'll never go viral. But they are so generous because they don't have very much, but they give. So I'm telling you this. If you're listening to this, you can be generous. Mm -hmm. So let's backtrack and and figure out some practical steps to get there because that's what we're all about on this podcast. Mm -hmm. The 10,000 minutes. How do we in those 10,000 minutes do it? So if you're in a position right now where you're looking forward to um, a new place to rent or mortgage, because I feel like those are the big expenses around here, right? Yeah. That's your your, your place of living. Absolutely. Almost always your biggest expense. Mm -hmm. What I would say to you is don't listen to your mortgage lender. Don't listen to your realtor when you are figuring out how much you could spend. Don't read a newspaper article because what everybody's going to do is assume that you're not tithing. They're going to assume you're not giving. But if you, from the get-go, say 90% of my income Mm -hmm. is what I have available, then you can do all the same calculations that they recommend on 90% of your income. Right. So just start out. So that's a great thing. If you're looking forward to buying a house, to moving, to getting a new place to rent, don't even look at the places that are out of your price range. You don't do that if you're looking at a house. You even set that on Zillow or whatever right. thing. You're you're like, okay, this is my cap. I can only pay this much in mortgage. The thing is, though, that it's interesting that you brought that up. Like when Sarah and I were going through that process of purchasing our home, like we pre-qualified like something way out mm-hmm. of our – even our like – budgeted like upper end and they're like this is what you're pre-qualified for do you want to start looking at homes in that area and we're like no like we're not going to be able to afford that like we can't make the commitments that we made we can't you know even live the we don't want to become house poor but even beyond that like house rich house rich yeah Yeah. house rich (laughs) excuse me um but that yeah is is being intentional about what your commitments are on the front end before you even take that step because ultimately there's a lot of people out there that want you to spend more money yeah of course, so, your realtor is a little less incentivized, right. but but they're a little incentivized. A little the bit. more you spend, the more they make. Mm-hmm. Same thing with your mortgage lender. They want you to spend more, and they'll tell you, like most people, oh, you can spend a little bit more. You'll get raises. You'll you know, yeah. be a little tight on the other stuff at the beginning because your mortgage payment stays the same. Mm-hmm. Colorado Springs. The wow. Four of the top five best places to live in the country are here in Colorado. Wow. Denver property values are keeping going up, mm-hmm. like except for downtown. Like downtown is struggling a little bit because people, you know, don't necessarily want to go into the high-rise apartments right now. But Denver, it's still going up, even yeah. in a pandemic, right? It's expensive to live here. Mm-hmm. So we just need to change our mindset because guess what? You don't need that bigger house. Guess what? You don't need a, a bedroom for every kid. Mm. Ooh, that's a challenging word. You 
you don't need as much square footage as you need. You don't need, we don't have a yard here. You know, we have a shared yard, but we realize we don't need a yard. Like all these things that maybe were the American dream that everybody is looking forward to, even maybe you thought you were always going to have, you don't actually need that stuff. Well, yeah, the average, I think the average home size right now compared to like the 1940s and 50s is about twice to three times as large. Yeah. And our family sizes have gone down. Family sizes have (laughs) gone down. Yeah, Yeah. Less kids. Okay. Maybe that means you don't. Get the dog. Okay? Here's a tough thing because Ooh, dogs are expensive. They're hitting people now. Maybe it <laughs> means... Yeah, like, just... Because I'm, I'm thinking of the biggest thing is your housing right. expenses. Like, if people could figure out how to lower their housing expense, that'd be the best. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe right now, too, here's a practical thing. Refinance. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mortgage rates are incredible right now. You could refinance. Have another 100 200 bucks a month, potentially, you know, to use and give away. There you go. So if you're in the position right now where you're looking forward to those things, do that. Okay. But Sawyer, a lot of the people listening, well, I've already gotten locked into this mortgage. That's right. I'm already committed for the next 30 uh, years. Right. Yeah. I'm committed for the next 30 years. Well, I already I'm stuck have, in this apartment. I'm a, uh, yeah. I've yeah. I'm, I'm got this lease or I can't find a place mm-hmm. that's cheaper. I can barely afford to live here. Right. So what do we do then? Yeah. I, I think one of the most important things that Sarah and I did is – you know, it sounds like really cliche, but like sitting down, maybe it's with an Excel, 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 oh my goodness, Excel spreadsheet, <laughs> or maybe it's like with a bunch of programs out there, but like actually looking at what you spend in a month yeah, and budgeting, because I think it's really easy to like, okay, well, I'm going to go get, you know, a coffee yep. once or twice a week. But right. if you look at what that actually leads to at a month cost, like even if we just started cutting out Starbucks and giving that, giving that away, like for some people, that can be a significant chunk of change. But the only way that we know that, it's really easy to just swipe that card mm-hmm. for coffee every morning. Yep. But when you look at like the month by month cost of what that actually leads to, it can be dramatic. Yeah. When you look at the things that you're spending, it can really lead to some significant breakthroughs of saying, oh, I actually have more money than I think I do. Yeah, I, I recommend that, man. I, I do it with all my premarital counseling couples. We have um, – periodically we have Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University mm-hmm. here. You need a budget. You need a budget, and you need to keep doing the budget over and over again, whether you're using Excel. If you – a lot of your banks, if mm-hmm. you look online, if you have online banking, which all of us do now, they automatically will do that for you. Mm-hmm. It's not always perfect, but you can look, and it gives you a breakdown as to how much you're spending on gas, food, eating, you know, all that stuff. Um, then – or you can use a program like Mint. Mint is free. Mm-hmm. That's great. It links to your bank accounts. That's what I use now over the last couple of years. But our budget, like Melissa and I work on our budget all the time. It's not like you set it and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. And even when you have a great budget, that doesn't mean you're actually following it. Right. It's one thing to set it. It's another <laughs> thing to live it. Yes. Yeah. So make sure you're following that. Because you, what you do, you said look at like monthly expenses. What I do in my mind is – or actually taking out my calculator mm-hmm. and figure it out – is annual expenses mm. because you're like, oh my gosh, it's just eight bucks a month. This subscription service, right? Well, eight times twelve, okay? So you're talking about a little bit more money. Mm-hmm. How much is that? Nine, eight, six bucks, almost a hundred bucks. Would I rather have this service that I barely use, mm-hmm. or would I rather have a hundred bucks in my pocket? Okay, and you can. It's not just one thing. You can do that with twenty different things. Right. Okay. I look at uh, what if I just made brewed my coffee at home? Mm-hmm. What if I drink water instead of soda? <laughs> what if I decided I'm not going to drink alcohol when I eat out because they charge you so much more? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, these are simple things that you can shave 
hundreds if not thousands of dollars from your monthly, especially your annual budget. Yeah. And then what if you took that and instead of, well, that means I can spend it somewhere else, <laughs> this means I can take it and give it right. somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like These are very practical ways, and I guarantee you, you have not cut out the things you could cut out. Right. And that's one thing I did talk about in my message was just imagine if you had to take a 10% pay cut, figure out all the things that you would cut out of your life, and then live like that right now. Um, in uh, John Wesley mm-hmm. once said that we need to increase your standard of giving, not your standard of living. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of famous because when he was, uh, I, I think he, when he was 30 years old, he said, hey, this is my income, and he was looking at what his income was, and at the time he could only give a very small amount of his money away. But then he's like, but I can live on this amount. So even though he uh, made more money, he got raises, he, he, you know, he was a f- famous speaker, so he got paid a lot more. He ended up like doubling, tripling his income, and he kept living at the same standard of living. Mm-hmm. So he was actually able to give more and more and more, a higher percentage, not just like, well, hey, I've got the raise. I can, can spend it on more. Because what I found, man, especially here in the city, especially here in the city, you look around and everybody's got the, the latest thing. They got the iPhone. Their kids are in $100 a week gymnastics class. You know, they, I don't you even know. You got the Tesla. You got the Tesla, yeah. yeah whatever man. It is. You got the, the newest AirPods. And I, I say that and I just got the newer AirPods. I was going to say. Uh, but <laughs> there's always something you can look and there's always another thing. You know, you whatever your hobby is, whatever your likes oh, yeah. are, there's always more. You can always spend more money. But you've got to choose what's my standard of living and more importantly, like we said, what's your standard of giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want you to increase your standard of giving, not just to support our church. We want that. Please do. Mm-hmm. Go to risedenver.com slash give. <laughs> set that up. But Join our generosity team. Join our generosity team, 25 bucks a week or 100 bucks a month. You're mm-hmm. part of our generosity team, and we're going to do some cool stuff with that. But uh, I, I just want you to be generous. If you're not a part of our church, if you don't believe in Jesus, I still want you to be generous mm-hmm. because it actually makes you happier. It's true. And you can help a lot more people out. Right. So be generous no matter how much you make right now. You can get to the point where you're tithing, and you can get to the point where you're more than tithing. Like aim for 10%. Say, hey, how can I get there? Okay, now from 10%, how do I increase that? How do I be more generous? Hey, there's this new missionary. So that you have the funds to support new missionaries, to support organizations, to help um, sponsor a child down in Ecuador. Mm-hmm. We started doing that last year, and, and we're just so grateful that we can, you know, I think it's a really fun extra thing to do. Yeah. Um so what, whatever it is, like, we just encourage you, increase your standard of giving. There you go. But you've got to be harsh. That's right. And it starts <laughs> with right up here in the mind. Right in your mind. You've got to change your mindset, and then you've got to look at your budget. You've got to cut some things out. But do it. Okay? Do it, it. It's worth it because our God is generous to us. We can be generous in return. That's right. So this week, take some time. Maybe sit down, kitchen table. You and your family start to figure things out. And um, start to put it into practice. Don't let it stay on a statement on the fridge or a file on your computer. Actually start to live it. And you know what I found is a lot of people have some great tips on cutting spending. Mm. So if you have some tips, we'd love to hear from you. There you go. You probably thought of some that, you know, like, hey, this works for us. We ended up saving 100 bucks a month doing this. Um, if you have those tips, 
email us. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear, and we'll share those on, on the podcast. Send those to mwolf at arisedenver.com and strap at arisedenver.com. I'm going to keep saying those until I get it in my head. There you go. Uh, with the right <laughs> name change. But we're so glad that you guys have listened today. More questions, we'd love to hear those too. And we will be back next week with a new episode of The 10,000. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. Sawyer Trafficken, our associate pastor here at Arise Church. If this podcast has impacted you, if it's made an impact on the life and the way that you live, we want to encourage you to do three things. The first is to subscribe, to get this podcast weekly on whatever device you're listening to. The second is we want to get to know you better. Perhaps we've never met you or you never got the opportunity to join us in person for one of our Sunday morning services. We want to get to know you better. The best way to do that is to have you fill out a form at arisedenver.com slash new, and we will reach out to you personally to get to know you better. And the last thing is if this podcast has been a support in your life and it's been an encouragement, we encourage you to support us. We're all based on your donations, and we want to continue to make an impact in this community for Jesus. So if you visit arisedenver.com slash give, you can support our mission in this community and help more and more people follow Jesus. Thank you so much for listening.